Hello, this is Mick Foley from the WWE and Dan Wah and Bill Beeston. Greg Wah. Greg Wah. And Dan Beeston. And Dan Beeston. Doggone it, they're smart enough to know better. To smart enough to know better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. Episode thirty-nine. I am Gregoire, and I'm Dan Beeston. And that, oh my God, was hardcore legend from the WWE, Mick Foley, aka Mankind, aka Cactus Jack, aka Dude Love. Ah, very exciting. I could mm. see him live. It was very exciting. And also the character from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh man, he was really good. <laughs> You don't know who... That's that's Axel Foley. Yeah, Axel Foley. Mick Foley. A.K.A. Mick Foley. What? Mick Foley? Mick. Mick Foley? You don't know who Mick Foley is. He's, um, he's... He's uh, one of the greatest wrestlers in all time. Like, WWE of wrestlers. All time, of all time, including the Grecian wrestling. Oh, he would have, he would have totally piledrived those ancient Greek Romans through ah, the top of the cell. So lots of nude, oiled up stuff well, in I, his uh, history? That's most of the people he... The Rock and those sort of people, he, he touches, like, they all, he touches them? Oops. He, uh, he does touch them. He wrestles yeah. them. Yeah. But there's a lot all, of touching there's, 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 there's a lot of, they're all greased up. Yeah. I don't think Mankind gets, got greased up a lot. Anyway, Mick Foley. That's goodness me. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't know who we were. No, well, uh, uh, turns out the shoe's on the other foot now. <laughs> I just want to point out, from now on, I think I will be Dan Wah, and you shall be Bill, Bill Beeston. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Wah. And I'm Bill Beeston. <laughs> Why don't you come down to the farm? And this is smart enough to know better because Mick Foley said our names are Dan Wai and Bill Beeston, and I'm scared of that man. And so he's <laughs> okay. You're right. You're right, man. You're right. Uh, thank you to Girl Clumsy for questioning his uh, knowledge of our names and getting that for us. <laughs> hey, so do I look different to you today? Always, baby. Yeah. Because the light, the light still takes a couple of nanoseconds to get to me. Do- Actually, can I can I just point this out before we get? I know you got a thing here, and I'm sorry to ruin it with some science. How how far are you and I apart right now recording this? How far would you say it is? Oh, six feet. Six feet in, in real, real... If I lay down, my, my head would be compressed up against your feet. So about 180 centimetres. 180 centimetres. So that's about six, yeah, that's six times 30. That means the time it takes light to get to us mm-hmm. is six nanoseconds. So, ah. so, so, so you are six nanoseconds in my past, Dan. You're always in the past, Dan. Six nanoseconds at this distance at 180 centimetres. I always centimetres. feel like I'm in the past. I always feel like I'm missing out what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> but that's, that's long. Light takes one nanosecond, to one by 10 to the negative nine, to travel about 30 centimetres. Okay, yeah. So do I look different to you? Always, Dan. Always look different. Exactly. To me. <laughs> in any particular way, uh, somewhat more able, somewhat more amazing. Are you? Uh, have you had a vaccine? I. <laughs> what a guess! Yes, sis. Have had a vaccine. Hey, nicely vaccinated. How can I tell? I, I, I could smell it on you. I could smell them. The sexy musk. But it's an exciting vaccine. What, what's it for? Dengue fever. You, oh my goodness, that, that reports I was, in. I was not in the, the control, control group. group. <gasps> I was not receiving the placebo. I was getting the good stuff. Oh, good man. For the audience who is... Flex. <laughs> Flex. For the audience who have no idea what we're talking about, the Dan and I both went in many, many, about a year ago now. Oh, it was about like two and a half years two and a half, now. So near the start of the podcast, we both went in for a dengue fever trial. Now, dengue fever is a very dangerous tropical disease, kills lots of people. And in Australia, very, very clever Australians have worked out a way of vaccinating against it. We both went in and I couldn't get the vaccine because I lived in a dengue fever area when I was a child and I could already have a false positive. Mm. But Dan got on the trial. Yep. And so we've been waiting a long time to get the information of the trial. So tell yeah, us the information of the trial, Dan. Because there were, there, there were three shots, I think, and I had to wait six months between each one. So the entire trial took a year and a half to do. Yes. But then, but then I had to wait until they'd done the results. So the results are... Yes. I... Had the vaccine and it might work, <laughs> but they don't know for sure. Mm. So if I want to avoid dengue fever, sleep under mosquito nets yes. and use AeroGuard. That's true. And also, if you have any standing pools of water around your house, pour them out. Mm. Maybe a tire full of water or a bowl for the dog. Empty it every day because that's where they breed the larvae, breed the eggs and that sort of stuff. So don't have standing water pools around your home. If you mm. live in any sort of tropical areas, lovely listener. And also, don't make me angry. <laughs> You wouldn't like me when I'm dengue. Wait. (laughs) I don't even like you now. 39. 39. Yeah? 39, the number of this podcast, is the sum of the first five consecutive prime numbers. It's three plus five 
plus 7, plus 11, plus 13. Gives you 39. Isn't 2 prime? 1 in itself. Yeah. 2 can't be divided by anything, except for 1 in itself. Oh, yeah. I'm wrong. Which well, means that Wikipedia is wrong. That's... Hang on, that's weird. Like you want, it has some of the first five particular prime. Two, one in itself. Two, two is a prime. Oh my God, Wikipedia is wrong. Maybe, maybe they were listening to you, and you said that <laughs> that uh, it, it's only divisible by two in itself, and they got really confused and flummoxed yes. when you said that in a previous podcast. <laughs> Well, why don't we look up the Encyclopedia Britannica? Yes. Wait, wait. That was being destroyed and burnt. Uh-oh. We've oh, made no. a terrible mistake. Elsa's wrong that we're... <laughs> everything, everything. All my research is Wikipedia. <laughs> I just... <laughs> and when I don't agree with it, I change it and then broadcast it on the podcast. It's making it real. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we are breaking into this podcast to do a quick emergency segment called Reading Comprehension Fail. And when you're recording your podcast, try not to do so when you're whacked out on tiredness like I was, because you lose the ability to understand anything that's in front of you for any length of time. Including me. And I'm hard enough to understand at the best of times. So we were talking about the number 39, and I got confused how it wasn't the first five consecutive prime numbers added together, when actually that's not what Wikipedia says at all. What Wikipedia says is it is five consecutive prime numbers, not the first five, and that is correct. Oh, Um, oh, so Wikipedia is infallible. Thank God. Still still infallible. (sighs) Still infallible. All right, well, I guess we'll uh, return to our regularly scheduled program. Those two people on that podcast are handsome and sexy and strong and clever. And uh, indulgent. (laughs) Very indulgent. The other one is, you know, before I say about about light, goes 30 centimetres in one nanosecond. Yes. Okay, 39 is the duration in nanoseconds. Have you ever heard of the the SAR bomb, the, the largest nuclear weapon ever fired in the world? Oh, as in T S A R. Yes. Sar. Yeah, yeah, Sar bomb. Yeah, yeah, it was gigantic. Yeah, it was. It was I'm looking at here. It's 57 megatons. So that's, that's 57 million tons of, of, of technically effectively of TNT. Massive, massive, big explosion ever. Uh, that took 39. So is Ground Zero there still completely irradiated? No, not particularly. It would be bad radiation, I suppose. It's not that's as bad as a meltdown. No, 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 no. Different sort of materials. I presume. Oh, okay. Different sort of materials. But they've Could shown... I survive it if I hid in a fridge? <laughs> Every bone would be smashed to pieces, but you'd be fine. Your career would be destroyed, and you'd start uh, seeing alien skulls everywhere. That'd right. That would suck. They've discovered, actually, that, that nuclear weapons probably don't produce as much uh, lingering radiation as we thought. Oh. And I know a little podcasters are like, Rah! and I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying that, we, yeah, we're not. it probably isn't the whole, it radiates. Like, you know, the game Fallout, where it's like a bomb went off and mm-hmm. it radiated for a thousand years? Mm, not so much. Anyway, because there's lots of different reasons, air dispersal and all sorts of interesting things. It's not good. I'm just saying it's not as bad as they said it was. But the point is, it takes 39 seconds of the reaction to happen but inside a SAR bomb, 39, sorry, 39 nanoseconds. So that's the length of time for the fissional material to do its crazy thing and go up. So yeah. the, the length of time. That means light would only be able to get 39, 30 centimetres away. <laughs> there you go. So what's that? Uh, uh, about 10 metres. I, I suddenly realised that something's bugging me, and that's that the word magic seems to be have such positive connotations. Sure. Oh, that's magic. Yes. It's magic Johnson popping basketballs. Yeah. And goes, oh, it's magical. Maybe, I mean, it's in, maybe in that case, he's, his skill is inexplicable. Yeah. He is, but, yeah. But mm. what's magic? Magic is just trickery. Well, uh, well, if you want to look at it that way, it's being tricked. Yeah. Or the other way they're saying is it's a power beyond that that we understand. Yeah, but that doesn't exist. But but people think it it's, does. Yeah, Lots but and people that, do. And there's... You, that's the problem. Settle. That's why I'm, I'm getting angry. I'm, I'm invoking the Will Wheaton rule of don't be a dick at this point, which is weird for me, but I'm, I'm going to bring it out anyway. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, gosh. Now that's going to change my... How do I, how do I address this without uh, telling... Okay. Uh, let me... Okay. Well, all I'm saying is that I want to put to you an idea mm-hmm. for our merchandising. Obviously, our store is not off the ground yet. No, not yet, yes. Still got boxes of but T-shirts. Our but warehouse is filling with stuff. Our warehouse is filling up. It's smarter than a bit of hovering warehouse. Okay. Bumper stickers <laughs> yep. that just say, magic doesn't happen. <laughs> Smartenough.org. I like it. That's pretty good, That's isn't pretty it? That's pretty good, yeah. And you can still put all stars around there yes. because those are just giant balls of exploding hydrogen. <laughs> seen from a very long way away. It's true, it's true. And slight amounts of helium as well. 
And if it's the starting of the end of its life, even heavier elements. Because that's how they're made. Yeah. Anyway, that, I like it. Magic does. You'll seem like such a curmudgeon. Or we'll seem like such curmudgeons. Magic doesn't happen. No, but, Die in a ditch, kids. But of course, rah, rah, rah. our goal is, is science is great. It is, yes. We're just phrasing it. Surely magic doesn't happen. Maybe we could say science happens. Actually, science doesn't happen. Science has to be, it has to be made to happen. You can't, science is just going to accidentally fall over. Science is a study of the world. So if science takes a human, anyway, so yes. We, or, magic, or, or if we are going to, you know, try these things out, what about magic doesn't happen, you hippie f***tard? Will we do? Oh, oh. Do, do, <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. Sir, Mr. Wah. Ah, uh, Beeston, yes? You wanted to talk to me? Sir, there's an issue with our hinge. Oh, yes. Something about the dates? Well, as you know, we're rapidly approaching the BCAD changeover, moving from before Christ to Anno Domini. Yes, that's going to be one hell of a party, eh? Well, when the first hinges were designed, they lacked processing power, and so to save on limestone, they were only designed for the date to reduce by one each year. Unfortunately, our systems are built on the same specs. What does that mean? They can't count upwards, sir. Soon it'll be 1 AD. Then 2 AD. There's a good chance that the hinge will fail. All right. Well, I'll get a couple of druids from IT onto it on Monday. Sir, I've already talked to the druids. It's not just a case of burning some heather. They call it the Y0K bug, and it requires someone going through the entire system with a fine-tooth comb and possibly some rebuilds. What? Rebuilds? That'll cost a fortune. Surely this date thing isn't a big problem. Most of our stuff is running on the new micro-henges these days anyway. Yes, sir. They're all built to switch over without skipping a beat, but they all sink back to the main stone hinge. Ah, oh, shit. It's worse than that, sir. Farming hardware, flight navigation... Oh, no! Sunrise, sir. No, uh, no. Surely it's the sun that governs the henge. No one can tell me for sure, sir. All they know is that the sun rising is intricately bound up with the henge system. Christ almighty. I blame him too, sir. Squids. If you know me at all in this world... Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> if you know me at all in this world, then you would know that I have a very much a love-hate relationship with cephalopods. Footheads. Mm, they're delicious. They are, I don't even eat them anymore. So I thought that'd be cool with them, but no, no, they're bastards. I fear them on a, on a, on a subatomic level. They're, fear them? Oh, yeah. just these little squishy fish. That, uh, yeah, yeah, you the, fear they're them? not fish. They're not sharks. There's no giant teeth. They're not electric eels with the... Bzzz. There's not the sea snakes with the chomp-chomp die Die, they stop? can do with all of that. They've got the. Sh they got some of them have sharp arms. What? Some of them have the worst no. poison. Some of them can Convince camouflage. Me. <laughs> That's got worse though. We people know about squids. You go on any sort of YouTube video and see a squid change shape, color, attack other animals, pretend to be a snake, pretend to be lionfish, pretend to be all these different things. Amazing kind of creatures. Just just crazy. They can go on land. They can wander around on land. They can climb. No, into jars. they're sea creatures. They, they get around by little jet propulsions. But of, they can uh, climb onto land. Look it up on YouTube. You can climb on land. It's wander around they, they terrify me on, on a level and now they've just done another thing which i am not happy about yeah there's one of them called the the neon started started a new podcast it's, the rival podcast. I, yeah, it's, it's got much smarter than those two did you know that 41 is the combination of seven <laughs> prime no <laughs> damn it they're onto us uh then they go to we, we don't uh, we actually do research we don't just go to wikipedia oh damn you squids no we do research then we go and change wikipedia <laughs> Scientists in Hokkaido University showed uh, that there's uh, something called the neon squid, which they always knew about. That sounds gorgeous. It's a, it's a, it's, and it's about... A I'm going to keep one as a pet. <laughs> They're about 20 centimeters to 30 centimeters long. So that's, that's a biggish animal. That's a pretty decent a, size for a squid. It's not a tiny squid. And when startled, they have a habit of jumping out of the water with their jet propulsion because as they're firing a jet siphon, yeah. they leap out of the water, okay. travel over 30 metres through the air what? at the speed of 11.2 metres per second. 11 point... That's pretty quick. That's faster than Usain Bolt can run. He can run at 10.3 
meters a second. I bet he could pick that up if he was being chased <laughs> by squid. By a shoal of squid. Now, these things come out of the water, and they and what's so interesting, they're not just like, oh, we're in the water, we don't know what to do. As on the upwards trajectory, they are shaped like a missile, so they make themselves as skinny as possible. Uh-huh. When they reach the top of their trajectory... They, the apex, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. The apex. <laughs> nice. they, they, they throw their tentacles out. They're, they're, they're flying, or is it apogee? Pointing, they're, point, <laughs> they're pointing uh, pointy point forwards and all the tentacles trailing behind them. Yep. And then they throw their tentacles out and make a parasail oh, behind God. them and actually change their shape so they actually uh, are skimming along the air a little bit better. And then they splash back into the water. They're doing it to escape predators. But it's a very small step to go from flying 30 meters to flying transcontinentally. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's really well, well, ask birds. Yes, they, they worked it and out. And dinosaurs. And dinosaurs went, we, we need to get up there and climbing trees. Or maybe they did it from jumping down and gliding. Or maybe they climbed trees and jumped off. We don't know you're up, down, or down, up. But this is the first step to squid going, wait, in the air is awesome. I'm not happy about this at all. Yeah. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, eat more squid. I can't believe you bought a sports car. Yeah, it's a well-kept secret that I am a bit of an enthusiast. Wow. Leather seats, built-in GPS, sunroof. Not only that, check this out. Nitros? No, not nitros. I had these tanks custom-filled with sulfur hexafluoride. Does that make the car go faster? You know how your voice goes high-pitched when you inhale a lighter-than-air material like helium? Yeah. Sulfur hexafluoride is heavier than air. We're cool now. I think the vibrations are affecting my digestive tract. Uh, My leather seats! Walk of shame. Yay! Wait, boo! I mean, yay! Because <laughs> I speak the most in this podcast, and therefore it's normally me who's stuffed up the most. Yeah. Well, I always couch everything I say is, I heard once. <laughs> I wonder if. <laughs> hey, Craig, here's a trap for you to fall into. <laughs> Thanks. You throw me the whip, I'll throw you the idol. You... <laughs> you said that you were on Valium to do painkilling stuff, and I mean, I don't think Valium's a painkiller. Oh, is it? It's not a painkiller. Isn't it? Make, it makes you nice and relaxed. Oh, what was I thinking then? Morphine? Morphine, maybe, yes. Oops, okay, sorry. Doesn't matter. Uh, maybe you're on something else. Maybe you're on Valium and, and Panadol. Yes, Valium <laughs> and Panadol. Oh, there you go. Oh. The Futurama episode Uh-oh. where they <gasps> cooled down the earth by getting ice cubes. Yes, yes. And you said they came from Uranus. Yes. Oh, which was I immediately called you out on. Yes, yes. The episode was Crimes of the Hot. Yes. They got ice from Halley's Comet, not Uranus. Oh, really? I Really? There you go. Oh, I hate this comet. Which is covered in ice. Maybe. No, it probably is, yeah. Yeah. There are giant comets coming. Have you guys know, you know this? There are two potential great comets turning up this year. Very excited. I can't remember the name of one of them. All right, I'm getting my pants off. <laughs> the Comet Ison. Comet Ison's turning up, and they're saying maybe. Science is a bit more careful now to say these things because like, Comet Halley in, uh, in, in 1986 was a bit of a fizzer. Oh, he, was, yeah. he was staring down the actual tail, so it wasn't side onto us. So he's staring. Like, it's, like saying, it's like saying a road train is really, really like three trucks all joined together. It's really, really long. If you're looking from the side, it's impressive. Looking from the back, it's just the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. Same thing with it was a bit dull. Halley's Comet. Now, this Comet Ison might be. They're saying it's possible this thing could cover from the horizon to the top of the sky. If it's in the night that mission. would be pretty impressive. I just imagine all the lunatics shitting themselves in horror. So we're just telling people now, as much as we can, that this might be happening. It's going to be brilliant! Literally brilliant. It will be, as you see it at night, it'll be cool. Now, I've got a walk of shame Uh-oh. for the creators of the video game XCOM Enemy Unknown. Were they on our show? No. Did they? Okay. No, <laughs> but we've both... Both played we their have. game. Yes, yes, we have. Now, there are spoilers, spoilers but... Spoilers, spoilers to the game. But it's shit anyway. <laughs> so you if like, you... You don't like XCOM Enemy Unknown? The story? The If you're investing yourself in the narrative of that, <laughs> you... I, 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 there's no help for you. Okay, fair like, I loved the game. Yes. I loved moving my little dudes around and shooting aliens yes. and stuff. That was great fun. But the story was... I had a sniper. He must have been like God with a rifle. He could see what other people could see. Like he had a power that he was like, oh, I yes. could see... Second sight. And then he just go... He just sort of vaguely wave and go, boom! And the aliens be dead in the face. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're falling down oh, into sorry. a rabbit hole because part of me is like, oh, well, let me tell you about my process <laughs> for each individual level. 
But what assaults, I want to talk about... Assaults and, and snipers. Everyone else can go to hell. You don't need anyone else. Yeah, assaults. Different. And that's all you need. But then, all you need. Uh, oh, and a robot. And a robot. Hovering. You see, bot. everyone has their own <sighs> their own plan. I had the right way. Uh, our friend Tom yes. got guided missiles. Did you ever get guided missiles? No. Yeah, he got guided missiles... And he was able to just fire them down hallways what? and around corners. I didn't just, see those. Yeah, I know. What's important... Oh, sorry, sorry. ...is that at the end of the game... I cried when I lost people. I actually cried. I sat there and went... Like, I lost... I had two god snipers. One was much godlier yeah. than the other. And one of them got killed. And I went, I'm going back. I'm not letting Colonel Jenkins die. And, and then I went, I can't... I, then his sacrifice has been for nothing. And, and I sat there and, had, and I didn't go back. Oh, wow. And so, and so I had one sniper who was just like, you've you got to carry on, man. You've got to carry on without him. And it was heartbreaking. They used to, they used to be a team back to back. You know what I did? I, last time I played, I, I named them all after my friends. Uh-oh. I, that's a bad idea. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, boom. And then the next time I ran into Brittany White, I was like, uh, um, uh, hi. Uh, oh, no. Uh, you're looking really well for a corpse. Four. We have gone, so uh, this, just, is, this is the most boring sorry, we've sorry, ever been to most of <laughs> our listeners. About, no, it can't be. You know, there are people, Will Wheaton, who I was talking about before, I didn't know this until last night. Oh, what a dick. <laughs> like that. Suddenly, suddenly a whole lot of nerds get very angry at you. He's very popular now. The guy from Star Trek and all the rest and other things now moved on. But he, um, he's, <laughs> something, he's a bit of a nerd culture. He does a vlog cast where he just films himself and his famous friends playing board games. And then he puts it on the net. So you go... Will Wheaton and friends play Talisman, and you watch it for four hours. Them playing, so you can kind of go, "Oh, he's uh. like my friend." Anyway, I can't think of anything worse than watching someone else play play a game. I can't. I'm like, wow. I can't possibly. No matter how exciting they are. But then again, if it was Nathan Fillion, he's dreamy, and I just watch him quietly play a game. Oh, Captain Tightpants is playing a game. Nah, see, maybe that's it. It's not Will Wheaton and his hobo friends from, that you don't know. It's Will no. Wheaton and his famous friends. Yeah. Mainly Felicia Day, which I think that's, yeah, that's all the nerds go, flock. Yeah, I can see how yeah. they could... Uh, bunch of flockers. That's them sticking onto their monitors. <laughs> what with? Oh. Uh, quick, quick, move on. Okay, so <laughs> at the end of the game... The, the spaceship rises. They go, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's undergoing the same processes that a star does yes. when, it undergo- when it becomes a black hole. Yes. And it's going to destroy the Earth. And then it blows up. And then... It, does it blow up? It, I think it did. Didn't it? It, a big it, white they, star in the sky? They, people on the planet Earth were looking up and boom! Uh, be, uh, well, it, maybe that's the supernova. Oh, maybe uh, it was exploding and then uh, contracting into yeah, a black hole. Sure. But the stupid thing is, if it was undergoing the same process that a star does yes. then it would have already had the gravity to destroy the earth when the ship was next to it was pretty big it was, it was si- very big it's the size of south america almost sure but Huge. it was it was sitting there with its yes. own gravitational force yes. it's not like its gravity is going to rise but it when was, it becomes a black hole I, I hate to go down this path because yeah. we're talking about magical science science fiction yeah stuff, but it was floating above the atlantic ocean and not affecting anything around it so they have weird alien technology they have anti-grav or something like that. So you're that. saying that the gravity that should have been affecting Earth yeah. from the ship was cancelled out. Was cancelled out by their tech. Yeah, that's and that my when guess. it when it broke yes. and coincidentally became a black hole. Yes. Then the gravity turned on. Well, this... So the big problem was not that it was becoming a black hole, which would be no more de- dangerous to the Earth than a giant gravi- gravity well hovering above. Yes, this is true. Yes. The problem was that whatever was stopping them. Hey, was from... yours above South America? Or was that different in every game? Did yours appear above South America? Uh, mine appeared above the Atlantic. <gasps> the North Atlantic? Yeah, I so. It's different so. places. See, mine, mine was just like, like off the Amazon rainforest sort of area around there. That's mm. weird. Oh, interesting. Walk of shame? <laughs> yeah, it might be my walk of shame, actually. <laughs> That's right. Look, it's not important. Um, see, so you're saying it's also, were they, weren't, they, weren't they increasing gravity? Like making like a, they were making a black hole to destroy the Earth anyway? Wasn't that the whole point? Well, that's there? not the same process that a star undergoes. No. Well, these are military idiots. These aren't the top science guys. Or was, was it? it was, there, there was, but what possible benefit was it to the aliens to activate? It wasn't a self-destruct. They wanted the humans. They wanted us because we were the alien What would their plan, though, is to make one of us super powerful and no, then take get, out the, get, get take the shit over. kicked out of No, no, take, take out, like, like they, 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 they took a race by race, and they, they said at the end, they had that, while you're fighting your way through, they had the, this race had this 
ability. Like yeah. Insectoids were, were, were psychically powerful, yeah. but they were crap and they were cowardly. Yeah. And the mutons were strong but dumb, and everyone had their weakness. Humans had none of the weaknesses. We, we were the best of all worlds. Yeah. So they were so going to slave us. And they built us up. They made us all psychically powerful. They yes. went, now you're more, stronger than this thing and yes. more psychically able than this thing and faster and braver than this thing, though. Yes. And then you go into the headquarters and they're like, oh, shit. Yes. We didn't think. Can Should I just say? There's a part of their plan that is missing. The headquarters did it. I, I had the best time with that because I sent my robot forward because that's what, I mean, every time I use it, it's going to be psychic. My robot went forward, hovered in. There's, there's this alien go, yes, you fools. You've fallen from my plan. And then God Sniper comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Boom, bitch. Damn. <laughs> I was very excited. Gustav was like, wait, the robot can see something. Ba-boom, ba-boom. End of story. Yeah, everything else dies. <laughs> yes, I, was just like, I didn't know that. I'm creeping around the whole time going, keep your backs to the walls, man. They're bastard alien. I saw seven mutons and the son of a... Oh, they're all gone. Oh, that's a bit weird. There's some guy I can shoot with a rifle. Really? You idiot alien. Yeah, he, for the first time in the entire game... <laughs> The guy doesn't run behind cover. He's just monologues. Because, <laughs> yeah, right. ah, well, finally you've made it. Boom! Straight through the head. Twice. I shot him twice in the head. Boom! Lucky shot, human. There's no way you'd possibly... Boom! <laughs> Luck nothing, bitch. Oh. Aim! Oh, look, the gravity device turned off. So you're so basically you're calling crap on XCOM Enemy Unknown. Yeah. Referring Walk off. of shame. Walk of shame. You don't know how black holes work. If... if I, I, we're putting a challenge out to the XCOM writers... If they want to come on the podcast right. and justify the rubbish they're spreading, I would have to point out... Bad science. Bad science in a science fiction game, but it's not based on science. Psychic powers don't exist. <coughs> Let's go there. And before anyone asks, no, psychic powers don't exist. The um, Gesfeld experiment is total rubbish and has been proven to be rubbish. And if you're interested, why I'm saying this is because I think it's Gesfeld, the, the Gesfeld experiment. Go listen to the latest Skeptoid, and he talks all about that. Oh, cool. And, and, and yes, they, Now, if you hear us say something which is wrong, it's scientifically wrong, then please do contact us. Send one of us an email so we can catch the other person out during it. It's always <laughs> mainly, nice. Mainly me. It's always nice when we're when each other are on the back foot. I've got one more thing for the Walk of Shame. Oh, bloody hell. Okay, sure. Hit me. It's not you. Oh, yes. It's, I'm all for it. <laughs> it's, our, it's our guest from recently, <gasps> Dr. Stefan Heikovic. Oh, no. Heikovic. 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 Yes. Heikovic, not Heikovic. Now, we were talking about your skin changing colour. Yes. So you could like eat lots of carrots. Oh yes, yes. And you could, and and that you end up with a. He said lots of odd carotene. He said a lot of odd things, but <laughs> he was right that you can take something that makes your skin blue. <gasps> really? Now he said it was silver halite. Mm, oh yes. What it is is the ingestion of silver in various forms, most specifically colloidal silver. Ah, yes. Does that? Okay. Now colloidal silver. It's not good. It makes you blue. And, uh, in more... fact, there's a lot of things I could tell you about, Silver, in which case I'm going to put one of them little things in there. Silver is f***ing amazing, Greg. <laughs> is this a new, a new segment? This is a new segment. Excellent. <laughs> so every week, Silver is amazing. Right. Silver? Nah. Silver just tarnishes. It's like poor man's gold. That's what it is. If you don't really like your girlfriend or boyfriend, you give them something Silver. There you go. I said, lead. I came out. No, no, no. You've got to like them a little bit. No. Lead is not good for you. Don't lick lead. No, don't, don't lick eat, lead. Don't ingest lead. Unlike the Romans, there's a theory. It's just a theory, and before anyone gets upset with me, I'll, I'll find links to it. But there's a theory. That the, the mm, they the, never landed on the moon. They, the Romans? Yeah. They never did. I don't care what pictures you've seen. They just filmed it. <laughs> Can I say very quickly, separately? Uh, in, in Australia, we have these exams for, for our, our, our students, for the grade 12s, where they have to write down, like, they have to do a little test. And, and so they, we, we uh, standardise all the students so we can compare them all to each other, all how the schools are going. So everyone, every student in Australia can get ranked as best to the worst students. And, and in what, they, they normally have to write something, um, some stimulus, so uh, in the writing section. And they had a picture of... Fiction? A, uh, pardon? Fiction. Fiction. Normally, yeah. Yeah, normally Short fiction. story. Short story, something like that, just to prove their, their, or the control of the English language. Full stops, apostrophes. That's grammar, apostrophes. You've got to write a list of vegetables that you'd advertise out the front of a greengrocer. <laughs> get all the apostrophes in the right spot. But the, it's just funny how when people don't think... Spoiler, or, you need none! <laughs> In one of the pictures, picture, very famous picture of the 18, 1912 um, Russian, the Tsar, I think, it was, and then throwing, basically overthrowing the Russian government. It's a very famous painting. And, and they, the painting itself is just people charging into a building, like, uprising, uprising. But 
the picture they use, obviously someone went, oh, we need to get that picture really quickly and went on online, just grabbed the first version of it. What they didn't realize, they grabbed someone's fan picture and Uh-oh. the picture had a marauder, which is a giant mech from Mech Warrior, <laughs> hidden in the background, assaulting the castle. It's really obvious. It's right there. It's massive, talking like a 10-story building of machine with rocket launchers you know, firing into the crowd. And, and no one noticed this thing. And so kids open their booklet on the day and go, why is there a Mech Warrior no, no, mech? No, kids open the book and 30% of them opened up and went, I am... I'm going to write the best story ever. <laughs> but they com- people complained and said it wasn't right. Which, it's just a picture. I don't see why it's a problem, really. But then they had to pull it. So now they've had to pull the entire exam and they've had to change all the rankings again. Oh, no. Because so, well, all the girls didn't know how to write about mechs. That's right, damn it. <laughs> well done, Dan. You just, we're about to get some, two very angry emails from our From t- the same person. <laughs> Dear Dan, I am so angry, I cannot possibly write an email. Ten minutes later, I'm much calmer now. <laughs> Romans! Romans! Pictures of the moon. That's what it was. Um, there's a theory that, that maybe the Roman collapse came not just um, decadence, of course, but also the fact that all their plumbing was lead and the aqueducts were lined in lead mm. and, and the water was moved around by lead. And though they had... Makes you slow in the they head. They had plumbing. Oh, God, I love... Roman, I love all sorts of ancient plumbing. They had plumbing, but no PVC. And so they had to use something. They used a lot of lead. And that's bad because you're drinking out of lead every day of your life. And they're saying maybe over, over, over generations it did some terrible things to the uh. Roman people's brains. But that's a theory. We'll see how it goes. They're lead. Don't yes. eat lead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Silver's awesome. Yes. Don't eat lead. Uh, mercury? <laughs> Don't eat mercury. No, no, no. Not good. But, but interesting thing about it, we, we're so scared of it, especially in, in education situations. We're not allowed to have mercury in science experiments. You're not allowed to have mercury in thermometers. We have this idea that mercury is instantly, you turn your finger and your head explodes, your bum falls off. You don't and you start it. pouring tea yeah. for the white rabbit. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get it necessarily from instant contact, but you wouldn't want to get it onto any sort of mucousy membrane, and you wouldn't want to touch it all the time. So if you accidentally get some mercury on you, don't panic. It's not the end of the world. Just go wash it off. Yes, it's dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You don't want to get glug, 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 or be swimming in or something weird. But it's, we have this kind of weird idea that a touch of death. It's not quite like that. Uh, you get more mercury from eating tuna. We, I, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, you know, Stop eating tuna. There, there is that. Uh, I had to. There you go. Because uh, you can't, you don't, they don't farm tuna. Uh, you don't, and, I, and I worry about fish stocks. Yeah, and it looks like we're doomed anyone though. But I suppose there's a, there's a lower limit for, for a lot of fish. It's too small. You don't want to catch it before it's had babies. Yeah. Fair enough. But now there's an upper limit for things like tuna. If it gets too big. What they're saying is a large tuna is a certain age, and that means there's too much mercury in them, and you don't sell them. Because, oh, so, wow. It's, yeah, it's pretty weird. Is it tuna or walk of shame maybe for tuna? It's really quite weird that mercury does get in, and that's from mercury in the world. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, go on. And mercury's not good for you. Mercury's not or good lead. Or lead. A whole bunch of things. Zinc. Most metals are not good for you in copper? any large quantity. You, you know why? It's copper. The oligodynamic effect. Ah, of course. It's a toxic effect. Ah. The exact mechanism is unknown. Mm-hmm. But what seems to happen is that um, this effect or denaturalizes the enzymes mm-hmm. in organic material, mm. and that's no good because there are these organic pe- organic th- organic people, <laughs> organic things yes. like us. Yep. All our cells are made up of like these specially bunched up things of spaghetti, mm-hmm. and if they unravel, then that's not good, and everything falls apart. Sure, that's why metal does this stuff to it. Now, silver is the least toxic of all these things that have the uh, oligo- oligodynamic effect. Right. Now, it's, it's used in antibacterial creams. Mm-hmm. It's used in dressings. Uh, it's used in endotracheal tubes, like coated in silver, uh, okay. in uh, urinary catheters for putting up the, the yes. Mr. Johnston. <laughs> Johnston. Johnston? Johnson. <laughs> Suddenly you're in portal, too. Um, <laughs> I put it right up my Johnston. Anti-smoking aids. What? Yeah. It's, it's a part of an anti-smoking aid. Oh, okay. A bit of silver. Unfortunately, none of them work. Oh, really? No. <laughs> oh, no. No. There's, you... there's insufficient evidence. Just recently, insufficient evidence oh. has come out that any of these things work. I was, I was thinking that why would you coat, let's say, a tube in silver when you could just have a plastic tube? Surely a plastic tube would be better than well, a plastic anything. Well, tu- a plastic tube could be sanitized. Yes. But a silver tube would actually destroy oh, the bacteria oh, on it. I see. I, Itself. I, I always thought that was a wives' tale as well. I must admit, the idea that silver was good for killing off bacteria, was I thought it was a wives' tale. Okay, well, no, it does do it. It does do it. Yeah. Now, drinking colloidal silver... But didn't you say there was insufficient evidence, evidence that yes. any of these things, antibacterial creams, yes. dressings... So that's right. So I was stuff, right then. 
kind of. Ah. Let's get going. Ah. Now, drinking colloidal silver, mm-hmm. oh. which is a liquid suspension of microscopic silver particles. Yes. It was ingested as an internal medication to treat a variety of diseases. Mm. It's a, a, a somewhat of a panacea. Anything that ails yes. you, have some colloidal yes. silver. Colloidal silver. You'll end sure up looking like Papa Smurf. You've absolutely no benefit, I thought. It has it? been described as risk without benefit. Thank you. Good. Oh, good. I'm glad we've gone down that path. Yes. You. Okay. Now, some good things about silver. Mm-hmm. Its caustic nature is good for treating corns and warts. Yes. As an antiseptic, they still use it for eye drops for newborn babies to combat conjunctivitis. Sure. And water containers are coated with it to keep water potable for longer. So water tanks in ships and planes are all coated with silver. And it keeps, oh. it keeps the water from growing anything gross in it. That's cool. And there's some silver used in replacement body parts to ward off infection. So is it, hang on, so it does work. It does work. Silver is a natural disinfectant. Right. But it's not working on the bandages and all of these things oh. that in the, the medical profession has been using, right. which costs a bit of money, yes. it doesn't actually work. They did some tests and went... So where does it, where does it work? I'm, I'm confused by this then. Well, it's, it's almost like silver was added as an afterthought to many of these things, the yes. creams and the bandages mm. and stuff. And when they actually did the trials, it's not that the silver wasn't doing anything, but mm. it wasn't doing it to any extent which benefited... Right. The use and that it, it was right, using. Okay. But, but it does have some antibacterial but effects. But it does have antibacterial effects. And you can do this. You can do the tests. Okay. You can run the experiments. You can get some silver or some uh, copper. Mm-hmm. And you can get swabs of stuff and get some uh, maybe some uh, stainless steel. Get some swabs of viruses. Put them on there. The stainless steel will still have lots of viruses on it yes. after eight hours. Less than seven hours, the silver will be completely clean of bacteria. Mm. And not just bacteria. Yes. All sorts of organic stuff. They affect cells, algae, molds, spores, fungi, prokaryotic. Prokaryotic. Prokaryotic and eukaryotic microorganisms. Do you know what prokaryotes and eukaryotes are? Yes. Oh. Prokaryotes are little tiny single cell things where all the stuff is mashed up together. Mm -hmm. All the bits and pieces, the RNA and the DNA and all that sort of stuff. Eukaryotes and prokaryotes. Eukaryotes, yep. Uh, they're, yeah, they're they're in bits, ah. like and where eukaryotes? Yes, that's right, multi-celled. Yeah, multi-celled. Good. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Multi-celled and yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. cool. Yep. Also, viruses. Now, viruses aren't alive. <gasps> they're not <gasps> particularly <gasps> effective. Towards... They're neither alive nor dead. <laughs> Zombies. It, and now they're not tremendously effective against viruses, mm. but they do have an effect. Interesting. Yeah. So, just, so basically, don't bother pouring it into your into your medicinal creams. Mm. But but if silver can be used in some medical circumstances mm. to keep things sterile. Also, well, this is the thing that I love because what is the condition that I suffer from the most? Uh, Me, Dan Beeston. Hypochondria. Hypochondria. Yes. Is the one. <laughs> Being too damn sexy, Dan. Hospitals nothing have been <laughs> too damn sexy. No, no, it's definitely hypochondria. <laughs> I am not. You hit the nail right on the head. That's right. Hospitals these days have stainless steel door handles. Right. And they have oh. to be cleaned all the time because Silver sick people door are handles. Bronze. Oh, old hospitals had bronze door handles. Right. And Is that bad. Uh, well, it's a mixture. It's seventy-five percent copper and twenty-five percent zinc. Yes. And so if you get infection on a bronze door handle, mm-hmm. eight hours later, it's gone. It's clean. It's denaturized. Natu- hang on. Hang on saying, but that's not silver. I'm confused now. You've jumped to something else. Well, all of these things, like don't lick oh, so lead. Don't lick, the, don't lick the door handle. Don't, put your hand on it. Don't lick lead. Yes. Don't make door handles out of mercury. Yes. Bronze has the same effect as silver. You could make silver door handles, but bronze door handles, a little bit cheaper. That's right. And, and we've been doing it for a very long time. And do the same thing. Oh, right, okay, there you go. So these old bronze door handles look all beaten up and tarnished, and they and so they look dirtier, but they're actually sterile. Um, do you mean that there's something to be said for steampunk? Oh, yes. Those steampunk people will be healthy. They're, that's so steampunk. We're, we're, we're smart enough to better know better is saying that we need to go back to a steampunk society immediately to become healthier people. Yeah. I think we're doing it. I love yes. it. We've got, already got the blimp. You know what the best part of silver is? The very best part of silver? 
Maybe. The very best part of Tell silver. Tell me the best part the of silver. The best part of silver is that one kilogram of it is worth $978.96 right now, Australian dollars. Wow. That's none of your weak American dollars. That's a good, strong Australian dollar. So just give it Backed a, with lots of coal. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. And tourism. At the moment, one gram of silver is worth 98 Australian cents. Hey, that's the best part of it. Well, no, it's the second best part. Oh. I'll tell you what the best part of silver is. What's the best part of silver? Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the crypto zoo. You can... What the hell was that? What happened then? Was that a segue? We just segue. Stop pointing out the segues! I mean, I'm sure that was a segue. Suddenly I was talking about silver, and now I'm in the crypto zoo, and I can't work out the segue. What is the best thing that silver is good for? <gasps> Killing vampires. What? No. Shooting werewolves. Shooting werewolves. You also you also use silver on vampires. Ah, yeah, but you it's do pure. All, you can it's do pure. all sorts that's of because, stuff. To that's vampires. because, and I'm going to make people very sad here. Werewolves and vampires are technically the same monster. The er monster concept. They, they, oh, let's they not. Okay, don't, sorry. Don't We're talking about hammer, monster, hammer horror. This is. I like everyone knows. Not. Let's not talk about what you read on some obscure part of the internet. We're <laughs> talking about werewolves. Werewolves. We're just wolves. Just werewolves. Werewolves. Okay. okay, werewolves. Okay. So a guy gets bitten by a werewolf, is cursed, yes, and on the night of the full moon turns into a big wolfy wolfman yes. sort of thing. Prowls the prowls moors. around, eats chickens and stuff, and, 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 and hunters and 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 kills yes, people, and wakes true. up the next morning and goes, "Oh my god, what have I done? Where did all this blood come from? <laughs> Where are my pads?" That, is, that would be weird. What, 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 I've had nights like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but the best way to kill a werewolf, you kill a werewolf by shooting him with silver. Yes. Now, we know all about silver now. Yes. Tell me why only a silver bullet can kill a werewolf. Well, they said it was because it was pure. That was the original idea, and a werewolf was cursed. So basically, it was the but power that's just, of God. Yeah, that's a bit spiritually spiritual. nonsense, okay. isn't talking it? About, so but this is the crypto zoo. Oh. We know better. We're smart enough sure. to know better. Sure, okay, let's... <laughs> so here's my theory. Let's just go back to the day you become a werewolf. So you walk yeah. and get you in, la, 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 going to grandma's house mm-hmm. in the dark, to do to do yeah. Werewolf! Oh, so, and then bite. Oh, Jesus. And, or scratch, scratch. Scratch, scratch. It wants to kill you, but you get away. You punch it, you're a bad werewolf punch, and you manage to get away. But it's done a huge gash down your gash. chest. Or bite mark on, on your shoulder or something like you're that. You're probably going to die. You're probably, you, and, you, and you get really sick. You're really sick. And, 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 but, you, but you pull through. What? It's the, amazing. The doctor comes in and goes, I'm, witch. Very, I'm very sorry, a Dan. Witch. I'm very, no, 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 no. They go, I'm, I'm sorry, Mrs. Um, I use my real last name. You can call my mother Mrs. Well, actually, she's not Mrs. Your wife. Beeston. Oh. Wife. Call her Mrs. Beeston. Yeah, she's I'm Mrs. Sorry. Beeston. I'm sorry. Sorry, you're talking Try. about Grandma's house. Yeah. I got confused. I mean, you're going to Grandma's house. Yeah. And then, but then you don't go to Grandma's You've been bitten by a wolf, man. Come on. You've been by a wolf, man. man. <laughs> that wasn't, that was weird. Uh, you go home. I think you're going to die. And the doctor's like, the frog princess. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but Dan is going to die. She's like, oh, no, no. Me no. Me no. <laughs> J'aime, uh, la j'adore, homme, j'adore le husband. La homme de loup. <laughs> and, then, and then you don't die. You get better. You get a bit of that bad fever. You, you get better. And yeah. you survive and, and the wounds heal up. And you're like, yay, reprieve. Dude. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Magic happens. <laughs> No matter what those curmudgeonly buggers car sticker says on the back of that car I saw earlier on, it's, uh-huh. it doesn't happen. You've been infected by the werewolf disease or the werewolf curse. Well, curse, but you, it's not really a curse. No, What's gone inside is uh-huh. I, it, I like the idea that it's it's some sort of inter DNA thing that gets into your DNA. It just, wow, it's, it's delivered. It's a virus that gets into your DNA, takes over a cell, injects something into your DNA, and changes your DNA. Ah. and it makes it so that you put, pack on mass. Now you have to eat a lot of food when you become a werewolf. That's why you have to go and bite someone. You know, must feed to some meat and, and to get your mass up fast. You can't just create mass out of nowhere unless you eat. No. Maybe you eat a lot of dirt or you eat trees or something. Unless you Possible. eat, if, unless you bite Bruce Banner, in which case, yes. then you his. It's not, it's okay, not, no, we're confused. So you, we, so you, when you transform, you have to get a lot of food very quickly to keep the transformation 
going because you need more mass and more energy to keep, keep it all going. Now, your DNA has changed. You get hairier and you get stronger and you're mightier and you lose your, your – it cannibalizes part of your brain so that you, you, uh, you have no higher brain functions. You go back to your, like the reptilian part of your brain. Ooh, okay, uh, yep. So, rah, and you just murder and death and eating. You must eat, eat things. Eat, eat. I've got to eat because I'm going to die. It's that instinctual thing. Unfortunately, your DNA is really unstable. The virus hasn't totally taken over. It's added levels and you've developed more DNA, yep. changed your DNA. But it's quite unstable. Uh-huh. This is the thing. It's quite unstable. So when they shoot you with silver, it tears into your cells yep. and it damages the DNA. It tears apart, denaturalizes the cell, oh. tears it apart, and it damages the werewolf virus much faster than it damages your DNA cell. And that is replicated really quickly through ah. the creature. That's my plan. So you go, bang, bang! And you and, and it burn, basically burns out all the virus. Of course, the human body can't possibly take such a terrible quick transformation. No. And you die. Ah. So you, you, they find a naked Dan lying on, yeah. the, on the moor going, my French wife. That's very good. Yes. Very good. But. Yes. Why doesn't it work when you shoot him with a lead bullet? Good question. Yeah. Good question. Maybe it w- would. Don't, we don't really use... Are we no, doing? no. We use lead shot. In, in the past, we did. Yeah. Okay. So why? So lead should have more effect. Yeah. Lead should have more effect. Okay, let me go with this one. Lead should have more effect, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Silver has the effect, and that's because of the... It has less of an effect. Ah, I know why. Because... Yes. Okay, here we go. Yep. Lead is much more damaging in that the colloidal, the, 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 the what's the name? The, ag- the uh, oligodynamic Oligodynamic. It, it's, it's, like, it's like the difference between a, a stiletto going into your side and a broadsword cutting your head off. Like the lead would be the broadsword. Yep. So what, you go bang and you get shot and you, your werewolf body gets thrown back by the, by the buckshot and the lead has been fired into your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the werewolf DNA, it registers this, this problem. Your, yep. your cells register the issue. And because it's like a bludgeoning truck coming through it just goes hunker down boys and it and it defends ah, itself so it's, it's got, got one chemical... hell of an immune system yeah yeah and it defends itself it goes ha and it just and it sets up a, a some sort of chemical barrier so that this lead can't get into the dna area it goes quick 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 and like, it's like a sheath and it saves ah. itself chemically probably so so silver is the, subtle. It's the only thing which has the effect that can break the DNA apart, yes. but is not strong enough to initialize. That's right. The immune system the immune goes. Is that the problem? Super oh, no. healing effect. It can't possibly hurt us. It's silver. Whatever. Oh no, we've been taken out by the silver. That's my plan. That's it. Why lead can do it, but maybe we've never probably shot. Well, modern man has probably never shot a werewolf with a bronze bullet. A bronze bullet might actually work. So maybe back in the day, before they had like talking iron. Well, bronze is still stronger than silver. It is, but it's probably not as strong as lead. No. But maybe that's how back in maybe. the... Maybe. Maybe how the maybe there is Sarah some Bray off Scotland who lived in their fantastic houses. And these are talking about prehistoric, like Neolithic people who had houses. And they had plumbing, which everyone knows I'm obsessed with. The, the, when the werewolves came to that island, they were like, well, we didn't, they didn't have silver guns. They didn't have anything. But they fought them off with Bronze Age weapons. Well, they wouldn't. No, actually, that's a lie because it's stone. Bugger. They bludgeoned them to death with a large bit of rock. Yeah. <laughs> but Bronze Age people, maybe they stabbed it. I'm trying to say a Bronze Age person may have stabbed a werewolf to death with bronze. There's only one way to find out, Dan. You should go walking in the moors. Don't leave the path. (laughs) Cat. Hat. Door. Floor. Bed. Red. List. Mist. Hello. Yellow. Sister. Mister. Hey, would you like to rhyme with me? Shut up, Orange. Nothing rhymes with you. Imagine, if you will, close your eyes. Okay. Listeners as well, close your eyes. And now in front of you, imagine a whole basket of cute little kitties. Little kid kitties? Ki- kitties. Kitty cats. Kitty cats. Kitty cats, yes. not kitties. Kittens, kittens. Not, not, not baby goats. No, no, no. Not, okay. kitty, not kitties. No, no, no. Kitty, kitties. kitties. Okay. Kitties. Okay. Sorry, my accent. I apologize. Yeah. And <laughs> non-allergenic kitties. Ah. <laughs> like those little sphinx cats. Yeah. And okay. They're cute little ones. And they can be hairy, but something you can get rid of. You can have, okay. you can have a... 
What do you they're want? All, to... They're all laminated. What do you, what do you want to do? Oh, you're cute. It's, it's not a laminated kitten. It's been genetically modified to be non-allergenic. For okay. goodness sake. It's, it's, it's a lovely kitten. They're it. a basket of kitties okay. with their big eyes and yeah, yep. Yep. Mew, yep. mew, mew. And they're looking up at you. What, what's your reaction? What do you want to do? Um, I just want to. I just want to hold them and cuddle them and smother them with joy. That's exactly right. We put most people in front of a whole little kitties or little puppies or anything cute like that. Even human babies. Me, not so much. But okay. There's a human reaction to hold, and here's the weird thing: to squeeze. Ooh. <laughs> Blew me away. The Society for Personality and Social Psychologies in, in, in New Orleans, New Orleans or New Orleans, however you want to say it, they've been doing research into this thing. Why do humans want to cuddle animals? And do we want to cuddle animals? And what's interesting, in the Philippines, there's a word for it as well. Giggle uh, or jiggle, uh, G-I-G-I-L. The urge to pinch or squeeze something that is unbearably cute. Ah. The Filipinos had already worked this out, which is pretty cool. But they actually showed pictures of animals to start off with. They they showed pictures of cute little animals and said to someone, "How much do you want to hold that animal?" Maybe tick, you know, yes. No, <laughs> like, and they showed, and obviously they showed that animals that are cute. Got more people like a giant spider, not so much. I'd like to know uh, how many people like surrounded these with love hearts. <laughs> but then they realised that's not really a good good test because you kind of set it up. So what they did, they they grabbed them a sensor, they covered it with bubble wrap and lovely fur, and they said, and they just showed pictures of animals to people, and they felt how hard they squeeze the fluffy, <laughs> fluffy sensor. Cuteness, by the way, is considered, we have to use scientific base, uh, is big, wide-set eyes, a high head-to-body size ratio. They're the two things they were pushing for. Wasn't like just, those grey aliens. Wasn't just, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Slender Man. Oh, he has no eyes. It's perfectly fine. Uh, he's not cute. And then they wanted to squeeze it. What they found, that for, well, most people, would actually the cuter the animal, the more we actually physically squeeze Wow. squeeze the heck out of it um, and the thing is they don't know why that's the first study but humans have a habit of squeezing really hard cute things and we don't know why and there's lots of things like I can't stand it that's too cute I can't handle it I want to squeeze it so much I want to hold it until the noises you make it's very very normal hmm. this is called cute aggression and the, oh, right. if you actually call it cute aggression, now it's not aggressive as I want which to kill which is very difficult to acute aggression and, yes, I guess, <laughs> I'm obtusely aggressive uh, cute aggression doesn't mean hurt. Cute aggression just means I want to physically go over there and hold it. Mm. And it's a big thing in adults and in children. And they're not too sure why yet. Well, they're still looking into wow. it. Why do we want to squeeze something like a baby? Why do you want to squeeze a baby? It's not safe. It's not, not, it's not holding it safely. It's mm. actually squeezing it. I wonder if it has something to do with babies that are in danger of suffocating. And so you squeeze them. Uh, to uh, to expel air, so that when when you stop squeezing them, more oh, air goes into the, okay. into the lungs. Interesting. That's that, a that's a hypothesis. That's a hypothesis. It is my my hypothesis was because only in humans we're looking at. Right back before we were humans, when we were basically monkeys, or well, we had a common ancestor that's very monkey-like. Anyway, when you were a baby, you had to hold on to your mother's. You still see it, mothers hang on, onto their backs, and the mothers leaping through the trees ah. or on their bellies. Total hypothesis here. And I thought maybe it's that thing of something really cute. You're a mum, or you're part of a tribe of of. Protein humans and you're leaping across the savannah or you're leaping through a tree or whatever you're doing how far back you want to go if it's really cute you want to hold on to it really hard as you leap because if, if you're halfway mm. tarzaning through a tree and you let go death or more likely if you're more likely to hold on to stuff mm. then it's gonna survive longer and whatever other things it's doing will appear cute and you'll go oh i want to Yes. Which so one which one came first? Yeah. You held on to your baby, you held and that made you want to hold on to things that were baby like. And therefore it, it yeah. you held on to more things baby like better, which makes you hold on to Yeah, it probably is. But there you go. You, we, humans want to hold on to cute things hard, squeeze them, not just touch them. So you're not weird, gentle listener. You're just a human being. smart enough boys and lovely listeners this is janet the librarian here to tell you about an interesting new ebook called astronomy without a telescope the one by steve nerlich phd student at anu and host of the podcast cheap astro astronomy without a telescope set itself apart from other astronomy books i've read the moment i got to the contents page the chapters included einstein and aliens and the entries included is time real and necropanspermia. That's when I realised that this wasn't a book about how to look at stars, but how to think about them. It contained answers to the questions you start to ask yourself after you've been gazing into the depths of space. What's out there? How did it get there? 
And how do we even know that? This is a book for understanding the universe and understanding modern astronomy. This isn't the type of astronomy William and Carolyn Herschel were doing at the dawn of the science. Multiple disciplines of science have gone into our current understanding of the stars, hence the whole chapter on Einsteinian physics and his influence on cosmology. The book is mostly a reworking of blog posts from the Astronomy Without a Telescope column on universetoday.com. The reordering of later articles to appear earlier in the book seems to reveal when feedback uncovered an unexplored concept in need of prior elaboration. And it works. One article leads to the next. Steve's original post dates also show that he's at the cutting edge of astronomy. The article on warp drive has only just hit the mainstream media more than a year later. Astronomy without a telescope is only 91 pages long. The brevity is achieved by hyperlinks taking the place of explanatory appendices that would otherwise be necessary for beginners like myself. I'm an interested amateur and I found this to be an extremely informative book, but in no way light reading. The density of new concepts meant I still don't understand everything and I'll have to go back to it. Reading it casually only allowed me to pick up interesting pieces of trivia, like how some of the beautiful photos of stars you might have seen are created by layering images from different types of telescope on top of one another, infrared and ultraviolet translated into beautiful colours to reveal amazing details otherwise invisible. Only a more intense reading really got the ideas into my head. Despite the density of ideas, the book has a conversational tone, joviality that you might expect from a book aimed at interested amateurs. Because it's an ebook, the illustrations have a habit of making the text hang untidily on the page, but they make up for it by being beautiful and informative. As the boys and yourself may be asking, how do I find a copy of this book and begin wrapping my mind around it? Who am I kidding? The boys wouldn't ask for that. Dan would be too busy making a phallic telescope joke, and Greg would be likening quasars to Batman. But you, gentle listener, would be asking, like the lovely inquisitive person you are. The answer is that Astronomy Without a Telescope is available through Amazon as a Kindle book, and the iBookstore as an EPUB, for less than $4 each which is only appropriate from Cheap Astro's Steve Nerlich. It's a bargain because it gives you access to the concepts needed to truly grasp astronomy before ever having to look through a telescope. This is Janet, the librarian, signing out. Maths. The final frontier. <laughs> these, are the, these are the journeys of the starship Brainer Prize. Now, maths is normally considered quite boring. Most people don't like maths. I think that's insane. They're monsters? Uh, what? They're monsters. Oh, not appreciating the. Oh, right, is it math or monsters? Go, perfection wait. of math. I, I really like. I love maths. I'm not very good at it. I must admit. I'm mathematically. Don't know how to spot a prime. Uh, yes, a I, really low prime. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. It's true. Uh, I must admit. Uh, the uh, first prime. I know. I know. I. I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I admit. I mean, I. I. I do maths. The um, first number that's not specifically. Not prime. Stop speak. If you're if you are a positive integer chauvinist, of course, there are a lot of numbers in the negative range and also non-integers that we don't talk blah, about. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> These so-called real numbers. <laughs> I prefer imaginary numbers. Yay! Anyway, some people say maths is boring and terrible, and they don't like doing it, and therefore. What possible mainstream music could you have about maths? Now, we've had terrible songs about rapping and maths. As we've also... This one... Uh, I, was, there was the pie one, which was very... Oh, yes, yes. I like that one. The, quite, general listener, you need to turn up your music because it's going to be a really boring song. And you so the louder it is, the more exciting. So, yeah, so that'll work really well. So make sure you turn up your music. If you're sitting in your room, turn up your, turn up your podcast projecting device. Where am I from? And listen to this very boring... Crank the nozzle up to 16. And sit back and enjoy.
That was Dave Brown and Professor Phil Moriarty at the University of Nottingham. The, the, the higher voice was, was actually Professor Phil Moriarty. Now, that was found by me on the brilliant YouTube channel, Number File. If you want to learn about numbers each week and in a weird, interesting way, Number File is awesome and you should all go find it. That's Number, P-H-I-L-E. The thing about Venn diagrams is that there are lots and lots and lots of circles and every single circle seems to have some overlap with every other circle. Mm. Well, Professor Phil Moriarty, uh, he does heavy metal. It's his thing. He has a heavy metal band and he does heavy metal. So someone said, hey, can you do one about phi? The golden ratio, 1.618 and so on and so forth, which I love. I love phi. Phi is one of those numbers I just love. Yeah. And, and it was so exciting. I like, use a lot in my work. Pardon? I use the golden ratio a lot in my work, in you, my web that, design work. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's, it's, the golden ratio is a pleasing shape. Yeah. So the ratio of one side to the other, 1.618. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. So what did you think, Dan? Heavy metal it, phi. I, oh, I, it, uh, uh, I, you smile. I saw you smiling. There, there were some fun things in there. I Good. Suppose. That's that's what you wanted. It to was say. nice to get. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll sign off on it. I guess. Oh, for goodness' sake! Dabbed with faint praise. I can't believe like that. His name was Phil Moriarty, and he's just like, well, I'm going to have to become a professor now. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that a lot. Uh, but that's for bigger. But come on. I, and if, if for me, I'd never tire of it either. <laughs> but the, the the part that blew me away when I was watching it, and I, I sent like you have to watch the video. It's pretty fun to watch. But is that um, is it phi is def- equals the square root of one plus phi? So phi can define itself. So mm. Phi equals the square root of one plus phi. But of course, that means in the where it says phi, you can put back into. 1 plus the square root of 5. So you can say 5 equals the square root of 1 plus 5, which is the square root of 1. It goes on forever. Yeah. You keep writing it forever. Uh, that's why you don't define things as its own thing. You can't say blue is the color blue because it's an infinite regress. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that song... I well, you're colorblind, so you could just say blue is red. <laughs> You'd be wrong. That was the Golden Ratio song uh, from Numberphile. Go find Numberphile. It's on, on YouTube. It's really, really worth watching. I've learned a lot. It's, I learned there. I can do a, no, a magic. I can do a card trick, magic card trick using numbers based on this podcast. So teach you lots of weird stuff. All the professors, some of them are super nerdy math guys. You mm-hmm. know exactly what they look like mm-hmm. and how they talk. And some of them are just super cool mathematicians. Like they're like, you go, you're a mathematician, and obviously they've gone. I'm a mathematician. I've got to become the sexiest, coolest guy in the universe. So you're sitting there yeah. kind of going... They risk death by visiting islands filled with genetically created dinosaurs every weekend. <laughs> yes. So it's worth going there. Anyway. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. That's Dan Wah. And you've been listening to Bill Beeston at smartenough.org. No, it's not going to work. Would that, would that arrive to us? No. No, Bill and Dan. No. <laughs> No. Mick Foley said we're Dan Wah and Bill Beeston, and Mick Foley is the hardcore legend of the WWE. He'd know, young man. He'd know. Do you want to be Bill, ba- Bill Beeston or Batman at smartenough.org? I, I want to be Batman. Exactly. Maybe Batman's secret identity is Bill Beeston. Oh, God. If you would like to rate us, and we would love for you to rate us, if we would like you to rate us, <laughs> go along to iTunes. We would like you to rate us. Please go to iTunes. That's what we're trying and to say here. give us a review. Yes. Because the more reviews we get, the higher we get up in the, in the charts. And, and the more then... people will tell us that the theories we're putting forward are wrong. <laughs> And we'll and the walk of shame will go for an hour and a Woo! half. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Uh, and just spread it around. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We do interesting stuff. There are still discussions happening in the Smart Enough forums. Go to the website and click on forums and get in there and start up your own topic or join someone else's topic. That's right. And just yell at them. Call them names. No, don't call them names. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Damn. Follow us on Twitter. SE2KB. Or on Facebook. SE2KB. Or at MySpace. <laughs> Isn't MySpace back full of arts and stuff? No. Oh, okay. Or no. on Google Plus. Oh, come on. Circle. Circle us on Google Plus. No, don't, we don't have put, one of them. Put, plus, plus us don't. on Google Circle. Don't. Wave us at Google Wave. Oh, God. I don't even... <laughs> Google keeps trying. Google keeps trying. Google keeps trying. Dot com. <laughs> If you have any more stories, of course, if you find something interesting in the news or a point that you'd like us to talk about, please get in contact with us and we will do our best to enlighten the people about it. We don't know these things. We like to learn about them, mainly from Wikipedia, and it seems out to be wrong a lot of the time. Yeah, Wikipedia is just a just a rubbish mess of fiction. Why did I give money to those idiots? You gave money to them? I gave money to Wikipedia. No, you don't have to. The, the thing comes off anyway after a month. I know, but I just felt bad and they kept badgering me, so I gave them like five bucks. Don't do it. Give it to Smart Nothing Better. Yeah, we'll send you some bumper stickers.
Actually, you shouldn't say that because that we have no bumper stickers. <laughs> they're fictional at the moment. They're fictional. Great sketch. Oh, I, I really, li- I really like this sketch. I, it's, for, it's for our podcast and and in general, I think it's a really good sketch. I love it, love it. Love it. That's all recorded. I know. <laughs> to listen back over and over <laughs> again. He's just done so much. It sounds like he's boasting. <laughs> it's not boasting. We've done cool stuff. Yeah. Just, just you've done cool stuff. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, if someone put in an entry for Smart Enough Know Better, mm. they'd probably just take it out because we're not big enough yet. Yes. Yet. Please uh, star us on iTunes. <laughs> um, we're not big enough yet, and they'd just get rid of it, and we'd never know. That's true. That's, that's very sad. And what they found out is that people... <laughs> what they found One less out... of which there are now. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Probably a little bit less now, but that's a lot of weight. Jiminy. Yeah. And Carol went, where are you hiding it? And I went, it's all here. I, I, I have a thick core. Because I have... Well, well, Adidas, <laughs> pelvis. The reasons we don't need to go <laughs> no, into. No, he's a sexual Wolverine. Wolverine.